When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We finally did it. We've become a TikTok trend. Get out the club, Mike Greenberg. I'm spending way too much time on this set. He couldn't name three players on the Philly, <laughs> all right? In Dan's defense, he played for the Lions and he played for UConn. Man wants to be close to a winner. <laughs> Put him down. When did I become the punching bag at ESPN for everybody? Like five years ago. Put him down. Jess Mendoza's going to smash something today. Yeah! Love the he is. <laughs> oh, 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 my God, it's on the throne. He hath risen. I would say he's given him a real shot in the arm. <laughs> I love and trust Jeff Saturday, but that guy, I would not turn my back on that guy. <laughs> right now, the leading candidate for MVP in the league should be Jared Goff. Sweet little hot take you got there. That's a sweet little hot take. Can we do one more pitch? That might be the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Jessica Mendoza, that is a a little helmet the size of a ping pong ball. Dan Orlovsky is chucking it up there, and and, and she just whacked it. Jessica, have you enjoyed? People have uh, commented a great deal on your... That one almost killed Damian Woody. That that literally moved D. Wood back. The man weighs, uh, well, however much he weighs. He's a big man. What did you think of all of we, we appreciate you, the greatest player in the history of your sport, partaking in all of the stupidity that we enlisted you in this week. How I, do you feel? I had so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, holding a mallet, like the first time you're hitting tiny helmets, you're mashing pancakes. And the best is all improv. Like, there's no plan with it, just throwing stuff up. No, there certainly is no plan with it. Beauty of it. We plan a thing like that. That's exactly right. <laughs> all right so, but she's got another hour coming up, and so do we, live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17 coming off a jam-packed night last night. And look who's joining the party. The one, the only, Ryan Clark. RC is ready to go. Let's do this. We had a trio of games last night. Two of them went right to the wire. Let's start with this one. Saints, Jaguars, in New Orleans. Trevor Lawrence playing. Drew Brees watching his former team. Seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Saints down by eight. Derek Carr tipped and picked. Yeah, tip balls change games, Green. And you can see the frustration on Derek Carr's face all night. You know, something going on in New Orleans, and they got to get it fi- figured out. The good thing is they play in the NFC South. Yeah, they, they, they looked better than their score would indicate, if that makes sense. Jaguars up 24-9, yeah. fourth quarter now. Saints trying to get back in it. Fourth and goal, they go for it. Fourth and goal, Taysom Hill. This is the cheat code. This may be the only thing more dynamic than the tush-push right here. You can just always ring up seven whenever he's in the game. Fourth downs wound up being a big deal here. Near midfield, Jags going for it. What do you think of this decision? Listen, I think this is a little aggressive for, for Doug Peterson. And to my taste, I think your defense is playing well. The offense for the New Orleans Saints was struggling. I think you can punt the ball in that instance. Yeah, it gave New Orleans a little jolt there. And now they go down the field. And how about the catch from Michael Thomas? Oh, man, back then, didn't want me. Now I'm hot all on me. Listen, 
Listen, you talk about you know Michael Thomas, he hasn't been available in the last couple of years. I think sometimes we forget how great he was. Every once in a while, he has flash of his former self. One knee worth two feet. Saints go for the two. They get it. We're all tied up. Final four minutes. Christian. Kirk. Oh, man. Poor Tyron Matthews falling for the banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> we call that the irking jerk right there. He made it a foot race, and Tyron Matthews was not winning that one. All right. Jaguars up 31-24. 30 seconds left. Third and goal. New Orleans. Foster Moreau. Avert your eyes. This yeah. is tough to watch. We thought it, we, we used to say you. No. Yeah, we used to say you're gonna cry in the car. He cried immediately on the bench. He knew he lost the game, and yes, one game can affect a game. Right, one play, just right in his hands. What else can you say? They had one more chance on the fourth down, and they don't get it on a throw to Chris Olave. So that's how it ends. The Saints fans can't believe it. Moreau would have to be consoled on the bench. Jaguars win again, 31-24. Much more football as we go. Meanwhile, Jessica, let's do the baseball last night. Let's Diamondbacks, Phillies, a thriller in Arizona. Phils take a 2-0 series lead in. Brandon Fought was sensational. All we've been talking all week long is how good this Phillies lineup is. Brandon Fought pitching the game of his life. 25 years old, the rook. I mean, look at this sweeper, Greeny. I mean, he went back door, front door, both sides of the plate. I mean, he was lights out. Nine Nine caves, five and two thirds. Then the analytics department took him out of the game. Top of seven, no score. Bryce Harper is at third. That's how the run scores. This is the only run that they would score because that's how good Brandon Fott was. So they get on the board 1-0 at this point. Fills up one zip, so all the pressure in the world on Arizona, and it's Lourdes Gurriel. Gurriel getting this ball down the line. Give Alec Thomas a chance. Scoring all the way from first base. He came in a pinch run. This is what the Diamondbacks do. They can run. They are so athletic. Tied at one. This was a great game. Back and forth. Bottom and nine now. Nobody out. Second and third. Here's your ball game. That great play by Trey Turner. Diving to get this. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. was going all the way down angle. Misses him initially. Comes back around. Greeny, and this is from the game right here. Ends up getting called out. Cattell Marte, best hitter in this Diamondbacks lineup. Get upstairs. That's not even a strike. It's a little bit like Gonzo, circa 2001 for the game winner. And so that's the one they need. 2-1 the final there. 2-1 the series tally now. The Phil's still in front, but they had been so dominant. This felt like it changes the mojo of it just a little bit. So what is the most important factor in this series going forward? Philly's got to get back to the slug. I mean, we showed it the first two games. 12 extra base hits, six home runs. In this one, in the loss, they had one extra base hit. It was a double from Brandon Marsh. Their yeah. bats were quiet. And this isn't a team that you're talking get on base, move around. No, no, no. You hit home runs and doubles. That's what the Phillies offense is about. Can I just quickly ask you also, because you're an expert and the rest of us are just fans, did you hate them taking fought out of the game last I night when they did? I was so mad. Yeah. I love analytics, Greeny. I do. But you cannot have a script in October without some feel and understanding. The Phillies offense and what Brandon Fought was doing with those pitches. I mean, if we're do- just following a-, a rule book, what are we doing yeah. if we're not understanding that anyone can pitch the game of their life and let them do it? I hated it too, but one way or another, that's what happened. Now the American League game, Kimbo the Astros trying to get back in their series again. Down 2-1. Home team hasn't won a game. Uh, and spoiler alert, that would continue because they would jump on him immediately. Alex Bregman in the first. Yeah, ninth pith- pitch of the game. Alex Bregman finding the spot in the stadium where he can get on his horse. Not just a double bagger getting all the way to third base. Two runs score for the triple for Bregs. Yeah, three batters into the game. It's two zip. Now it's 
three zip. We're in the bottom of the second, and Adolis Garcia is going to take care of one. Just take a moment. I mean, that's oh. complete, but oh my gosh, that's a two-strike swing, folks. Adolis Garcia, when he don't miss, it is a beauty to watch. Rangers get within 3-1, and they're clawing their way back. It's 3-2, and it's Corey Seager with a chance. Depth of this line of Corey Seager had struggled only two hits in this series, and I love the location. This is up and out, and he doesn't even get all of it, but how strong he is to get another home run for the Rangers. So all even. So where would it go? It would go Houston's way. Top of four, up 4-3. Jose Abreu, two men on base. Here we go. I mean, you talk about this Astros off putting on some runs. We talked about Jordan Alvarez, Jose Abreu, 11 RBIs in this postseason. Astros scored 18 runs in the two games they needed here on the road. Most by a team in games three and four, trailing two zip. In the history of the sport, they're just the fifth team ever to tie up a best-of-seven series at two after dropping the first two games at home. So what is the single biggest factor? We have a best-of-three now. What's the biggest factor going forward in this series? It's actually the Astros' bullpen. The Rangers, we can talk about their depth of line at one through nine. They are so good. But pitching is going to outweigh good hitting. And I've gone back and forth on this series. It has been a coin flip. Yeah. talked about the Rangers earlier. But to me, as we get further in this series, the Astros' bullpen has been so good. Just three runs all postseason they've given up. 1.43 ERA the last two postseasons. This has been their moneymaker. When we talk about their bats, we get excited about so many things. It's the guys that are coming out of the bullpen to shut down a lineup for the Rangers. All right, Jess, stay close. We'll have more from you. She's going to pick winners in both LCSs as we continue. But now this developing story that has everybody talking. The NCAA is investigating the Michigan football program amid allegations of sign stealing. Sources tell ESPN a low-level football analyst is a person of interest in the investigation into whether Michigan violated an NCAA rule by scouting future opponents in person at games and stealing their offensive and defensive signals. Head coach Jim Harbaugh, whom I'll remind you, has already served a three-game suspension this year, released a statement thoroughly denying, saying, I do not have any knowledge or information regarding the program illegally stealing signals, nor have I directed any staff member or others to participate in an off-campus scouting assignment. I have no awareness of anyone on our staff having done that or having directed that action. All right, let's try and get to the bottom of this. Heather and Paul join us. Paul is in the airport lounge in Charlotte, so we appreciate it on his way to Tuscaloosa. But Heather, this just for everyone just joining us here, what does everyone need to know about this investigation? Well, first, Greeny, it's not legal for coaches to go to other schools and scout. This isn't high school on Friday night. So, first of all, that's illegal. And so when coaches throughout the Big Ten heard that this was the allegation, there were some comparisons to 2007 Patriots and Spygate. There are coaches saying, yes. Every coach in the country will probably concede that people steal signs while watching video, but not physically getting up and sending staffers into opponents' games to videotape things. So there was definitely a Spygate comparison. The other thing people need to know is that unless the NCAA bans Michigan from a bowl game. They are eligible by the college football playoff to be ranked by the selection committee. So I think those are the main points right now. Okay, and, and just before I get to Paul for reaction, what are the next steps here? The investigation goes forward. What, what happens from here? 
Well, right now, it's in the NCAA's hand. They confiscated this staffer's computer, according to the reports from Mark Schlebaugh and Pete Thamel. And so what do they find on there? Is there video evidence? I don't know the answer to that. Neither do they. Uh, but it is also important, Greeny, to know that we saw Harbaugh's statement before we started talking about this. He has denied it. The NCAA presumes that coaches know what's going on in their own program. If they find something, Harbaugh has to then prove to the NCAA that he did not know this was going on in his program and that he did have a culture of compliance implemented in there. So there's also the NCAA compliance and what did or didn't Harbaugh know. That's going to have to be revealed. Yeah, the old what did he know and when did he know it thing. All right, Paul, I, the floor is yours. Anytime anything happens with Jim Harbaugh, you're always the first person I think of. I certainly wasn't expecting this to be the story. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think on, on surface it is a bad look for Jim Harbaugh, but, but Greeny, in, in understanding the NCAA and its enforcement division right now, it's hard for me to imagine that they'll be able to make a solid case. Uh, it does look bad. Uh, there have been allegations out there in the past, but it, it does seem like it, it would be a close call by the NCAA. And, and I, I sense that there's some piling on here to Jim Harbaugh. He, he, he turned his nose to them a couple of months ago, as you, as you remember, during this investigation. And it seems to me like selective prosecution. That doesn't mean that some of this didn't happen. I frankly think this happens almost everywhere, not, not to the degree that the story is laid out here. But but it's it's some very gray area. And I think if this had been someone else, this investigation probably would not have gotten to this point. And, and so what do you think happens from here, Paul? As, as far as Jim Harbaugh is concerned, this is the second time he's dealt with something like this one way or another in the last few months. How, how do you see this impacting his future? Greeny, considering that Jim Harbaugh has really proven all the critics and skeptics wrong by, by, by the run to the playoffs the last couple of years and possibly again this year, I think he's going to leave college football and go back to the NFL. I, I think he's had enough of, of what the, this sport is really all about, the way it's operated, uh, and, and, the, and the, the thin line that the NCAA uses to go after people. Clearly, he is in their crosshairs. And I think he's going to look around like he has the last two seasons, and if he gets the offer he wants, he is going to depart college football at the end of the season. Fascinating. We'll be keeping a close eye on all this. Paul, travel safe. Guys, thank you very much for the insight. Thank you. Meanwhile, we roll on. Coming up is Russell Wilson on the clock. Our GM will tell you why the Broncos may be thinking about replacing him before Halloween. Plus, a Sunday night Super Bowl sneak peek will tell you exactly what will decide the fly versus the fish as Ryan Clark joins us next. Get up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? 
Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Before we go any farther, I just asked to show this again for the audience joining us. Bart, I, this is the most ridiculous catch. This is Anthony James Jr. of Morgan State. Oh, yeah. Who needs two hands when you got one like that, Greeny? I mean, Mike T., that, that's that's ridiculous. You know, Greeny, flag football is an Olympic sport. We may have our, our first guy here. <laughs> hey, you, you know when he saw the, 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 four, the quarterback saw 42 on the defender's jersey, he's like, oh, barbecue chicken. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Anyway, I, just, I can't get enough of that catch. We'll show it to you all morning long. Meanwhile, let's do who you got. Huge week coming up in the NFL. Ryan Clark, you're first up. Rams, Steelers, who you got on Sunday? Hey, sometimes you got to tell the truth. And I have the Los Angeles Rams. Even though they're coming off of a game where they struggled a little bit, especially early against the Arizona Cardinals, I just have no faith in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And they're asking too much from T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith on the defensive side of the football. So the Los Angeles Rams and Matthew Stafford, who can make anybody a star, has his star bag at Cooper Cup, and they get the win. Bartholomew, the Ravens and the Lions on Sunday. Great game. Who you got? Yeah, this is like picking between two, two of your children. I tell you, what up, though? I got to go with the what up, though, because um, when you look at it, you talk about the Ravens only surrender 15 points a game. The Lions average 28 points a game. Now, I know with Jameer Gibbs, maybe potentially no David Montgomery, the Lions uh, is going to be a little harder, but I just – I'm sold on the toughness of this team in between the trenches. The Ravens' offense doesn't quite look right. I can't see them holding the Lions' offense down that low. And then a game I'm interested in, although I'm not sure why, Packers <laughs> and Broncos, Mike T. Who you got? I got to go with the Green Bay Packers. Green, these are two teams, Kennedy, that have been very inconsistent, especially on offense. I just trust the Packers a little bit more. Defensively, they have a lot of young talent. We know the struggles that Denver's had on defense. And Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, is at best a work in progress. Okay, let's actually stop for a moment and talk about that.
So I gave Mike Tannenbaum a homework assignment, and, and no one is better qualified to do this than you. I remind everyone you were a general manager, two different places. No one understands contracts better than you do. Tell me about Russell Wilson's contract and what it suggests may soon happen. So, Greedy, Dever has a huge decision to make. $39 million is guaranteed next year. That's going to happen regardless of what he does this year. However, what's really interesting, as this graphic alludes to, is $37 million in 2025 will be guaranteed if he's on the roster on the fifth day of the 2024 season. Therefore, I think it's very likely after the trade deadline they could shut Russell Wilson down because they want to take injury off the question, uh, off the table. And then within the first five days of next year, I believe they will cut him and they have to eat $85 million. And candidly, I don't know if Sean Payton realized all that because now he's going into year two. Massive question mark at quarterback Greeny and probably an $85 million dead money cap charge. Look, let's be clear again. If he gets hurt the rest of this season, what you're telling us is that the following year, that 2025 money becomes guaranteed. It's injury guaranteed. So there is significant reason for them to make sure he does not get hurt. Right, because if they would cut him, the $39 million kicks in next year, and if they cut him when he's hurt, he's going to say, hey, that's an injury guarantee that kicks in, and now you have 39. <laughs> Next year and 37 the year after. Look, I mean, and, and oh, we, my arm. we've already seen them. Look, I mean, there's a lot of bad things that happen. So, RC, pick it up from there. We've not had a chance to chat with you yet this morning. It's always great to see you. What, what do you think of all this? This Russell Wilson, Sean Payton thing. We had our eye on it all summer long. It's been a, rump, a bumpy start, to say the least. <coughs> What's your perspective? Well, I think the first thing is you should have known that this was one of the worst matches of coaches and quarterbacks schematically and also personality-wise. And we saw that rear its ugly head early when Sean Payton told Russell Wilson, stop kissing babies, stop running for office, and let's go play football. The Russell Wilson brand has now become so much bigger than the player. And when you have a coach like Sean Payton, that's not what he wants to deal with. And the other side of it, which is very true, Russell Wilson is no longer good at football. We were making excuses for Russell Wilson like he was a first-year player. Oh, you know what? This week he was a little bit better. Well, it's not Russell Wilson's fault. The defense gave up 70. But he isn't playing at a level that says it's warranted to pay him this much money. The problem is exactly what Mike Tannenbaum said. If you're Sean Payton, you can get rid of Russell Wilson. You can move on to another quarterback, but your team is strapped. Your team is handicapped. Your team is handicapped, is handcuffed because of the deal that you gave him to acquire him from the Seattle Seahawks and it's in everybody's best interest to make this work but when your quarterback is cooked when your quarterback is washed there's truly nothing you can do it needs to be a total rebuild and a rebuild without Russell Wilson I like the first thing that he, I like everything that RC just said but the first one jumped out at me because Sean Payton for those who don't know is a Bill Parcells disciple Bill Parcells quarterback commandments number 11 don't be a celebrity quarterback. There is no more. And it, it, it isn't, an, it isn't a, an insult unless you take it as an insult. But there was no bigger celebrity quarterback than Russell Wilson, right? And so, to his point, this was a match that most people should have seen was doomed to fail from the beginning. I think the bigger reason it's a mismatch is because Sean Payton wants his quarterback 
to, to, to execute the game plan, to, to run the play that's called. He made it was a joke in the Manning brothers thing. Remember when they were trying to cast for yeah. the, that? Was, he, he talked about that, and Peyton rolls his eyes. But it's true. And Russell Wilson has always been at his best when he's gone off schedule, when he's been able to make plays with his legs, extend plays. It's gotten him sacked a bunch, but it also was part of what made him great. And I think last year he really struggled to operate in Nathaniel Hackett's system. Everybody blamed Hackett, and Hackett had his own issues and, and, and all that. But the fact that we expected him to mesh with Sean Payton just – that, that didn't pay enough attention to who Russell Wilson has always been. Yeah. And, you know, Peyton being the newer guy there, probably less inclined to be flexible about it. You talk about the, the two words you never want to hear about it from an older player's best shape of my life, right? Because that's identifying <laughs> that, hey, he's losing that short area of quickness. And Russell Wilson used to be like Jalen Hurts, a guy that can always circle the defense, kick yeah. out of tackles. Now he goes down so easy. And, um, you know, right now this, this, this situation is a mess because just two years ago, this was a roster that everybody wanted to get to. Yes. Sean Watson wanted to get to yep. it, right? You know, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers wanted to get to it, right? Now you look at it, you talk about the rebuild. The rebuild, I don't know, like, at what point now they find themselves at the position where they, where they didn't want to be, looking for a future quarterback. Remember, ever since you know, Peyton Manning left there, they've been looking for a franchise quarterback, and they don't just grow on trees. And because they've given up so much draft equity for Russell Wilson, they can't go out and move up to get one no matter how bad they are. So now we're talking about the, the situation at hand. You got guys looking to jump off the ship right now because they see it sinking like the Titanic. So now you talk about Frank Clark, you know, already, you know, potentially going to be traded. We talk about what happened with Randy Gregory, right? So now you're looking at guys like Jerry, Judy, Corden, Sutton. Like, so now that is a bad environment and bad locker room to be in where guys are hoping that they get traded and hoping that they're getting that, that, that grab your playbook and go see the coach. Thank you. But, but, but Real quick, yeah. Yeah, I think it's getting late early, and next year they can have an $85 million cap yeah. charge and no quarterback. To the original point, it's like a, a vastly blown up version of what happened with Derek Carr and the Raiders last year, right? They got to the point where they knew he wasn't going to be there, and they had to sit him down because putting him on the field risked injury and, and the major financial commitment. All right, we'll see. It's a mess in Denver. Maybe they bounce back this week. Can I just show everybody one thing here? Uh, we're going to title it Dope or No, but to be clear, Amon Ross St. Brown knows that it's not dope. But he lost a bet uh, when Notre Dame uh, beat USC, and so he had to dress in a leprechaun outfit. What do we think of this, Bartholomew? Oh, it's right on time. He can go to the suburbs, Novi, Dearborn, go ahead and get all the candy he wants. Man, he is right in – listen, he'll fit right in in Detroit. He's in the place. Yeah, it's a good right. RC, a little Halloween hey, costume. Like, he looked like – he looked like Leprechaun in the ghetto. That's the problem. Yeah, Listen, you don't make these bets, bro. When you when you you don't you can't put your livelihood, you can't put your respect on the backs of 18 to 21 year old men. Those are the least trustworthy humans in the entire <laughs> world. That's why I don't bet on LSU ever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who wore it better, by the way? This was me. I lost What's the with the devil's one. eyes going on right there? Is that a widow's peak? That's a very old picture. <laughs> what year is that? <laughs> Probably. Oh, you got the, got the Eddie Muster. <laughs> exactly. That's more than 20 years ago. Uh, Chad Pennington was the quarterback of the Jets. I tell you what, so you I know go. a couple of pimps in Detroit wear that same outfit that Ross St. Brown got on. <laughs> Coming up, is Saquon Barkley about to get traded? We'll talk about that. How about Devontae Adams? Could he go next? We're talking about it after this. It's Get Up on ESPN. <laughs>
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, we are back on Get Up. Bottom of the hour. We are 11 days away from the NFL trade deadline, and we got some big names in the conversation, including Saquon Barkley. He's playing on the franchise tag. There's been a lot of chatter about him possibly getting dealt. He made his feelings on this clear yesterday. Sitting here, everyone knows how I feel. No one, everyone knows I don't want to get traded. Or I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind would want to get traded anywhere. It's not an easy thing to do. You got to move. I have a family. Uh, I would love to be here, but like I said, it's not in my control. All right, so he says he doesn't want to go anywhere, but as we all know, it isn't up to him. So Ryan Clark, Saquon Barkley is obviously a difference-making player. Give me a team that should be on the phone with the Giants right now and not get off. The Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills got to see this firsthand on, in primetime on Sunday night. Saquon Barkley is a difference maker. Coming off of the ankle injury, 93 yards against them. Two huge plays in the run game back-to-back. You add him with a guy like Josh Allen and a team that seems so focused on getting the football to Stephon Diggs and no one else, you totally change the dynamic of that offense. And you bring a little bit of the explosivity that we could see from Josh Allen in the past game to the run game. And now you have teams trying to figure out are we going to play too high and make Josh Allen be that patient quarterback that he sometimes makes mistakes while being or are we going to stack this box and try to play Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis one-on-one on the outside I believe that Stephon that trading a guy like a Saquon Barkley or trading for a guy like a Saquon Barkley to the Buffalo Bills that gives them an opportunity to be an offense that can even play above the opportunities the defense allows them Spoken like a true stiller. You don't want the Ravens to have nice things. Because <laughs> everything you just said about Josh Allen, you can say about Lamar Jackson. Can you imagine an RPO with Lamar Jackson and Saquon Barkley? Or Saquon Barkley is what we'll rename him out there in Baltimore and creating vertical and horizontal space for Zay Flowers, for Bateman, for Mark Andrews. I think this would, put, this would be equivalent to the San Francisco 49ers last year trading for McCaffrey. This is a guy who had 57 receptions last year. Lamar Jackson has been asked to do way too much. I understand he got the bag, but he shouldn't have to be the leading rusher and the guy who throws the ball as well. I think they need to get him some help, some explosive help. Last year they made a similar trade with Raekwon Smith, you know, with a second-round draft pick. Two, just like they won, one great guy used to say for the Rams, F them picks. Yeah, well, look, I mean, they, they, both of those make sense to me, and Mike T., yours does too. Yeah, look, I think the Bengals need some help, and this, you know, Joe Mixon is off to a very average start, but again, it bears repeating, Green, because Saquon Barkley is a franchise player. The acquiring club 
cannot extend him, and that's why I think there's going to be a real limit on his value. So th th talk me through that part of it, Danny, and thus the likelihood that he is traded at all. I think it's unlikely, honestly. Like, I don't think people are eager to give up high-end resources for a player that plays this particular position who's making, you, you take him on, you're taking on whatever's left of his $8 million salary this year, right. and you have no guarantee of having him beyond this year. So what are you going to give up? It's going to make it worth the Giants' while. The Giants really like this player. I mean, I'm Giants ownership. I, I, I'm, I don't know if the front office really okay. wants to pay him, but I think, it, I think he's a guy that they are not inclined to want to move, and I think he plays a position the teams are not inclined right now to want to pay for. We've put every single available running back on Buffalo for the last three years, <laughs> and they haven't gotten any of them. That's true. Right? Like, they don't want to do it. They don't want to spend at that position. But you know what else they haven't done is get to the Super Bowl. And the bottom line of it is the 49ers' acquisition the of Christian McCaffrey last year Got them to the Super Bowl. Oh, everything. No, no, it didn't. No, they didn't get to the Super Bowl because yeah. they didn't. They literally didn't have a quarterback. He played quarterback. Because McCaffrey they played quarterback for quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Jeez. look, McCaffrey has been a different. There are a very select few players, even at that position, who are different makers. And, and something about only renting him for a few weeks, I kind of like. If you're a, if, don't pay him long-term. No one plays running backs long-term. You like it. I like it. They like it. The people running these teams don't like it. Like, they, they don't want – I mean, Christian McCaffrey had a, a contract. And, but, and by the time the Panthers traded that contract to San Francisco, it was incredibly favorable to the acquiring team. You're inheriting a problem but if look, you trade for Saquon John, Barkley. Jonathan Taylor just set the market. Right, so I don't think he gets more than Jonathan Taylor. And you look at you look at the fact that Chris McCaffrey has been injured too. Saquon has as well, but he's a difference maker. Him, Alvin Kamara, and and and, um, and Saquon are different than any other so, running back but, in the game. But, right? but Bart, to that point, if you're Cincinnati, Baltimore, Buffalo, whomever, you may just say, "All right, we'll give him Jonathan Taylor's." Contract in March, and we don't have to give up a third-round pick. Yeah. But then you're going to miss the opportunity in a wide-open AFC to try and win a Super Bowl when you have an opportunity to. That's what I'm saying. Dan says you're inheriting a problem. I say I'll solve that problem at the Super Bowl parade. That's what I want. I want to be at the parade trying to figure yes. out that problem. In the meantime. Give me the last team that won the Super Bowl with a high-paid running back. Uh, Come on. You can. We'll, we'll, oh, next stop week. it. Next week. Oh, stop you it. Know, That's the same thing they should say about the mobile quarterback. Take the weekend quarterback. to think about it. That's all, right. all I'm saying. Well, let's think about that one for a minute because I, I understand your point, but I do think this is one of those unique situations where it might make the, the rental might make some sense in the NFL. Now, let's talk about Devontae Adams. He was talking about his unhappiness. I, I think there is a point to be made here. L let's hear him again. This was Wednesday. We talked about it yesterday, expressing his frustrations with his role in the Raiders offense. Here it is. When you're, when you're a player like me, mentally, is. The, my benchmark is not wins and losses, it's greatness. So when I go out there, I expect to be able to have that ability to put that on tape and have the, uh, an influence on the game. If that doesn't happen, then I'm going to be frustrated. You know, if, if Jacoby goes out and have a, a monster game or if the offense is scoring every five plays like the, you know, our first drive on the Bills, then it is what it is. I don't, you know, I don't, it's not about me, but, you know, I'm one of the bigger pieces, you know, as to why this offense is going to, Go and if I'm not getting it, then that's obviously not um, according to plan. So we want to we want to obviously keep working like we are to to get that that right. Okay, and, and and Mike T said that he believes that Devontae Adams, who all of us know and agree, is a thoughtful, excellent, and professional football player. I mean, and I mean that literally. He is he is a pro's pro. Yeah. There are some numbers, however, that sort of contradict the things he is saying. Can I just throw them out there because this didn't strike me as right yesterday, and it continues not to. In the three games this year that the Raiders have won, he has not caught a touchdown. He has a total of 12 catches. In the three games they've lost, 
He has 27 catches and three touchdowns. He has been targeted. His target share is over 30% in each of his two years with the Raiders. Do you know how many times it was that high? All those years he played with Aaron Rodgers? Zero. Hmm. Never. He's actually being targeted now more than he ever was when he played with with uh, Aaron Rodgers. And his numbers, when they win these games, have not been particularly good. When they lose, they have been. So I'm just a little bit confused. It just it makes more sense your theory, which is he just wants out of there, which I don't blame him. Yeah, you just validated my point, Greeny, because really he's talking from emotion. And when you're running a team, head coach, GM, the last couple weeks before the trade deadline, your radar is up. And really what Devontae Adams was saying is, I am not happy here. I came here with my best friend in Derek Carr. He is not here. And you're making a great point, Green, pointing out all those facts. So really what he's saying is, emotionally, I am not happy. I don't want to be here. And I think what he said was very calculated, very purposeful, and 11 days before the trade deadline. And again, I'll say it again, Greeny. If I'm Joe Douglas of the New York Jets, I hear that and say, this is an opportunity to cement the fact that I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that Aaron Rodgers is a 2024 New York Jet, and I'm going to go get his best friend uh, and a weapon that they love one another and get him to, to the Jets this year to help for next year. All right, look, I mean, <laughs> Talk about not getting balls. I, I'm never going to fight about that. Uh, put the picks up on the screen. RC, who should be calling for Devontae Adams right now? The Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are a team that we've watched go from one of the most explosive offenses we've ever seen over the last five years to an offense that can't put up 20 points two times this season. So you get Patrick Mahomes, a guy like Devontae Adams on the outside, that creates separation endlessly when it comes to game time, and you add him to a Travis Kelsey. What you can do in the backfield without Isaiah Pacheco, and you're going to have someone have to guard Devontae Adams when Patrick Mahomes gets outside of the pocket and starts making plays like Houdini throwing the football from one sideline to the other sideline, throwing hands up to um throwing hands up to Taylor Swift. That's what you want. You want a guy <laughs> like Devonta Adams who can make plays the first rip and the second rip. And so if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, understanding who I have at the quarterback position, who I have at tight end, and the defense that is top five right now, I make that call to Las Vegas immediately to see what I can do to get Devonta Adams on my team. Go ahead, Bart. I want to change my pick now that I think about it. I think you know, him to the, to the Hold judge. on a second. Hey. Can we just analyze what just happened here? You're, you're, disagreeing, you're disagreeing with him even though you made the same pick. As he's talking, Barter's like, oh, no, no, no way, this can't be. No. You, have, you picked the same person. No, right, Ryan, but, but Mike told me something that I, never, I didn't really consider. They're what? in the same division. There's no way you're going to let There's Devontae no Adams go and beat you and continue to put L's on your side of the win column. The Raiders don't care. They're not around here making smart decisions. Listen, listen. <laughs> the Raiders don't care nothing about that. Listen, but, but the Jets – already thought they were going to be without a first-round draft pick. So you might as well give up that first-round draft pick that you're going to give up to Green Bay, and now you get to give up, you know, the first round for Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, Garrett Wilson, good job, TB. That's why you did it for professional. Now we're talking. If they're going to get a first-rounder, they they don't care where they're going to send it. Like, if the Chiefs gave them a first-round pick, yeah, you're going to get a 31-year-old ba- wide okay. receiver that's making yeah. 18, yeah. $17 million next right. year. Right, you're going to get a better first-round pick from the Jets or the Chiefs. I'm telling you, they're not going to get a first-round pick. Are you going to get a better player Man, in the we watched Brandon Cook get tra- Brandon Cook got traded for 13 first-round yeah. draft yeah. picks yeah. in his career. If you trade a, a first-round pick for a 31-year-old wide receiver, that'll be, that'll by, be a By the way, I, I'm totally serious. It's not going to happen. I, the way I would sequence these I phone would. calls is I'm calling up Aaron Rodgers and say, Aaron, I know oh. you're happy here. We're happy with you. 
we're assuming that having Devontae Adams is going to make this decision even easier. Two years. He's going to say yes, and then I get the trade done. Okay, listen, I'm not going to fight it. (laughs) 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 How am I on the wrong side of this argument? All right, tomorrow night. We got college football, number 16, Duke, looking to slow down Keon Coleman in fourth-ranked Florida State. Our coverage, 7.30 Eastern on ABC and the ESPN app. Meanwhile, we got more Roll Tide. It's not really a college story, but it is. Two former Alabama teammates square off on Sunday night. We'll tell you exactly what each needs to do to get the huge win. And speaking of huge wins, Graziano's had a bunch of them against Sneaky Hembo. Here we go. Tua and Tyreek Hill are on pace to both lead the league in their respective division of record there. Watch the last teammate tandem to lead the NFL in passing yards and receiving yards in the same season. The answer's next. Don't know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Our guesses are flying all over the studio. It's a good question. Tua and Tyree Killer on pace to do it. What's the last quarterback-receiver duo to lead the league in passing and receiving yards in the same season? So this is a question about teammates and teamwork, right? So I, I didn't really, I don't know the answer, right? Like I was thinking in my head, like, could it be Mahomes and Tyree Kill? Could it have been Matt Ryan and Julio? I was ready to guess Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Then I heard Bart Scott make a guess that I really like. And against everyone else's better judgment, I'm going to go with Bart's guess and say Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. That's right. Bart! <laughs> Come on, man! Give me a Wait, don't do that again. Do that again. Do the sh- Show Bart. Show Bart. I barely survived the first one. All right. <laughs> no. That's correct. 2014. Dream work. Hembo is, I mean... That you, was all Bart. I can't even take that. Like, it shouldn't count for my school. Oh, yes, it counts. Okay. Oh, yes, it counts. <laughs> You're in charge. You're allowed to aggregate the guesses and choose yours. You're up 27 to I 11. I lost that one. It's still a two-score game, but only barely. I oh, that one crushed him. If this had been Tuesday, I would have lost. He was sure he had you. All right, well done. That was a good game. This is going to be a great game. Sunday night, Dolphins, Eagles, prime time in Philadelphia. Matchup of the top two offenses in the league. Uh, Miami first at just under 500 yards a game. Philly is second. Uh, we got Tua Tungabailoa. Of course, he's having an MVP type of season. Leads the league in passing yards per game. Shares the lead in touchdowns. Third in QBR. His opposite number, his former college teammate, Jalen Hurts, looking to bounce back after a tough game against the Jets last week. Had the three interceptions. He's thrown seven this year. Tied for second most in the league this season. And, RC, I, I want to start with you. This game fascinates me so because these two guys will always be tied together. Right? Yeah. After what happened at halftime of the national championship game, we will always look at Tua and Jalen Hurts and think of them together. Which guy do you think has more to prove as they take this field on Sunday night? 
Um, I don't really necessarily believe it's about what they have to prove and about what they can do for their teams this year. I think we're always looking at legacy or looking from some sort of perception that has to be big picture. Well, the big picture for these two men is they are both leading teams that have opportunities to represent their conferences in the AFC. This is a matchup of good on good or great on great. Now, who plays the best when we have to step onto the field? And for Tua Tungavaloa, it's to show that when we play a good team, when we play a team that's similar to the Buffalo Bills who blew our doors off, we can compete. It's not just about beating up on the little brothers of the NFL, and that's what he has to go out and prove. That's what this Miami Dolphins defense has to go out and prove as you face a guy like Jalen Hurts. And can we still be explosive against a Philadelphia Eagles team that can rush, but that's banged up on the back end? And for Jalen Hurts is was last year an anomaly. Now that I have seven picks, I throw three against backups for the New York Jets. We lose a game there against a backup quarterback and Zach Wilson, can I return to the form that brought my team to the Super Bowl, that made me look or seem like a guy that should have won the MVP, even in a loss, versus Patrick Mahomes, or am I this dude that seems to be regressing this year and trying to find my footing? That's what this weekend's about. I don't care who has the most to lose. I want to know who's going to lose this game. Who's going to get the W in this game? And that's what's most important. I agree with that. So put the picks up on the screen here. Uh, let the record show RC is not alone in his pick of the Dolphins. I also like Miami in this game, but there's no room for my picks. Uh, Bart, uh, why, why, does the, uh, why do the Eagles win this game? I mean, I think because they're coming off a bad loss where they were embarrassed and they're going to come back and put out their best effort. Jalen Carter, who I believe was playing some of the best football of all the defense linemen in the league will come back and that's going to put instant pressure on Tua Tungavailoa and force him to have to find the reads earlier. I think they take a page out of the Buffalo Bills and play those guys off and then challenge them at the line of scrimmage at times as well to see if Tua can find guys in his second window. So I think he has a problem because I just think it's bad timing on the road. And they've only beaten – the teams that they've beaten have a combined record of 5-25. and 25. Yeah. So I'm not impressed. I think it's more to be um, – you know, discovered about this Miami team, if they're legit or not. You know, Greeny, last year in the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He could have been the MVP on a losing team. And the, one of the reasons they were so dangerous was their RPO game. And when he ran the ball, that's a great passing opportunities. And I think that's what they got to get back to. They have to run the ball a little bit more. They have to use that RPO game. I believe they will. And I think we're going to this game talking about Tua and Jalen Hurts, I think we're going to be leaving talking about Philly's defense is here and Miami's is here. Quick final take. Go ahead, yeah, Brian. I think, I mean, the, the, the Eagles are no bum salad. Look, I do think that this is a game where Miami has a chance to prove something, right? It's one thing to drop 70 on the Denver Broncos. They're only using nine guys on defense this year for some <laughs> reason. But to go into the defending NFC champs and go toe-to-toe uh, with that offense and that defense, I think it would be we could be talking about Miami very differently next year. Can we just have a moment in a good way. of appreciation from Graziano for Bart Scott for giving you that win? That yeah. was a moment I don't think any of us expected. No, it's, it was awesome. That was no bum salad of a play. Well, 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 listen, like a, a great 80s commercial, you can learn a lot from a dummy. <laughs> That's right. Was that a commercial? <laughs> yeah, a commercial. Yeah, Why don't I remember everything? I don't remember that. All right, wake up call time. Jose Abreu, take it away. Here's the pitch. Swing and a drive. Three-pointer from way downtown. Palakaye, si senor Abreu. A three-run shot. All right, and we finish with the predictions from the one who has just dominated our program all week long, Jessica Mendoza. The whole group is here, and they're all dying to hear. We got two series 
that are working their way, and they both got fascinating last night. Graziano covered baseball for years, so he's into it too. Fills up two games to one on Arizona. Who ultimately wins the National League? Uh, That one's the easy one for me. Philadelphia Phillies, that lineup, we talked about the slug. The starting pitching, which doesn't get a lot of love too, has been absolutely phenomenal. I get that they lost one, but they're winning the series. Diamondbacks with a bullpen game tonight? Is that what we're looking at? Yes, after pulling their pitcher early, that's not a tough subject at all. Then they have a bullpen game. Then three games, I mean, they've got three games in a row where they got to rely on their bullpen guys to get them through. All right, and, and then the Astros and Rangers is a phenomenal series. The old expression, the series doesn't win till uh, start till the road team wins. Well, I mean, the road team has won all four games of this series right. so far. So it's game five thing. tonight, again, every pitch of these series, all of them are on ESPN Radio. Who do you like and why? So, Greeny, I have been back and forth, I mean, this whole entire week. But even today, I was talking to the Rangers earlier. We're getting to the Astros. I think it's going to come down to game seven and the last three innings and because this is how good this series has been. We've talked so much about the offense. Jordan Alvarez, the beauty of it. Well, the Rangers got offense too. I think it comes down to who's got the best arms. And then I say Astros. And if it's coming down to the last three innings of game seven, the Astros have the best bullpen. And at this point in a seven game series, I mean, the Rangers, it is. it doesn't look good. We'll all sign up for that. Jess, outstanding week as always. Thank you. First take coming up next, top of the hour. Stephen A., is he surprised that Saquon wants to stay in New York? Who does he have more confidence in, Dolphins or Eagles? First take, top of the hour here on ESPN, followed by McAfee, live from Columbus, ahead of the huge game tomorrow with Penn State. He's got Ryan Day, he's got Marvin Harrison Jr., and much more. McAfee, 12 Eastern on ESPN, the ESPN Plus, and YouTube. Hembo? Still rushed. Yeah, that's because the Phillies lost last night. (laughs) How many fingers is he holding up? (laughs) We finally did it. We've become a TikTok trend. Get out the club, Mike Greenberg. I'm spending way too much time on this set. He couldn't name three players on the Phillies, <laughs> all right? In Dan's defense, he played for the Lions and he played for UConn. Man wants to be close to a winner. <laughs> Put him down! When did I become the punching bag at ESPN for everybody? Like five years ago. Put him down! Jess Mendoza is going to smash something today. Yeah! Damn it, Greeny! He hath risen! I would say he's given him a real shot in the arm. <laughs> I love and trust Jeff Saturday, but that guy, I would not turn my back on that guy. Right now, the leading candidate for MVP in the league should be Jared Goff. Sweet little hot take you got there. That's a sweet little hot take. Can we do one more pitch? That might be the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my entire life. You won an Olympic gold medal. Was that the second best moment of your career? This one here? Would that that, that be right up there? You're the best. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the sports. We'll see you Monday. First take starts now.